everyone to episode eight of Lit and Lucid podcast. We're recording live here in the Mile High. We have a special guest, Chloe Stearman. She's a publicist with Grasslands Agency in Denver, Colorado. Welcome, Chloe. Hey, guys. What's up? Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. Awesome. So um, we're going to get started. We don't know much about Chloe, so this is going to be an awesome conversation to have. Uh, We don't really know a lot about public relations either, so we're really excited to learn more about that. Uh, So why don't you just get started, tell us a little bit more about yourself, how you got into the industry, things like that. Sure. All right. So as Lucy mentioned, my name is Chloe Stearman. I'm a publicist um, here at Grasslands based in Denver. Uh, I've been in Denver for about two years now, which sounds like a short period of time, um, but a lot has happened. So I'd say I'll step back uh, to my college years because that's kind of when I came to this realization that cannabis was the place that I wanted to be and it was where I wanted to grow my career. Um, That said, it took (laughs) many, many uh, moves for me to get to where I am today. Um, So I graduated from the University of Pittsburgh in 2014 and I studied media and communications there. Um, And I'm, I'm from outside of Philadelphia originally. And so I'd say probably by my junior year of college, so that was like 2013, um, 2014, I knew that I wanted to pursue cannabis. And at that point I was studying this degree in PR. um, And, you know, I wasn't sure how I was gonna do it, but I did a lot of research. um, And I knew that I needed to take a trip out here. I hadn't been to Colorado yet. Um, Sure, I could have gone and pursued this career path in other states. or even other countries, but um, it was really Colorado for me. Uh, I just knew I wanted to be close to nature and the outdoors, um, and then having basically the birthplace of recreational cannabis in the United States right here in um, Colorado, it was kind of just like the perfect, um, yeah, yeah, combine, like dream for me. Right. It was a dream, yeah. like it started out as a dream. Um, and so, uh, finished up my degree, did what a lot of other, um, you know, soon to be graduates are doing and searching for jobs online and, um, either starting at the source. So maybe it's like a cannabis brand here in Colorado, checking their job boards, seeing what openings they have. Um, at that point, obviously I didn't have a very big network of cannabis industry professionals. Um, We'll come back to that later. Mm-hmm. Um, but That's a whole other story. and so uh, I quickly learned that working your network is really what gets your feet in the door, especially out of college. Um, and so I think I probably should have started developing my network a little bit earlier mm-hmm. on. But once I, you know, came to that realization, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> totally. Um, and so. Uh, you know, I, I understood that I was going to have to work a little bit harder and a, a little bit longer to work my way into the into the industry. And so what I did was I pursued um, traditional career path in public relations on the agency side. Um, I had to take a handful of unpaid internships in this field before, 
you know, I got hired entry level. It's just kind of the way the field works. Mm -hmm. And my PR people will know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and so I got my first job at an advertising agency um, right on Broad Street in Philadelphia, Brownstein Group, traditional um, full service advertising agency. So they were doing everything PR, social, um, full creative studio design, all the above. And I spent um, about two years there cool. working in this agency job in um, a cubicle, which yeah, is like, right. you know, it's, yeah. a lot of people do it. Yeah. Um, and working with clients in all kinds of industries, um, manufacturing and consumer facing. And, you know, some are more interesting than others. Um, but this whole time that I'm, you know, doing this job, I'm thinking how much more... Uh, enjoyable not only enjoyable but fulfilling would this be if I was doing it for clients that I really um, connected with and was you know um, in with an industry that I'm passionate about and that's cannabis um, so I put in about two years there and I started on my search again for a job here in Colorado um, and I I met my um, now colleague Shauna McGregor and um, she invited me to be her partner out here. Um, her, yeah, her, her partner and um, do PR with her. And so uh, I joined her at the Rosen Group and worked with her for about a year and a half. Um, and we just hit the ground running. I mean, from day one, it was just all in. Um, every day learning something new about this industry, um, continuing to have my mind blown by how nuanced um, and uh, scientific and advanced things are. And, and to, to this day, still feeling that way very much. Yeah. So um, fast forward a couple months, we're now at Grasslands. Um, our agency was founded by Ricardo Baca and for people listening who are, you know, already familiar with cannabis industry folks, they'll probably know his name. Um, he founded the cannabis, which was the cannabis vertical at the Denver post. Um, and you know, like I said before, working in this industry and, and making it out here to Colorado was always a dream, but, um, working with and learning for, from someone like Ricardo and his team of colleagues was like beyond yeah. that. So I'm just thrilled to be where I am and um, put a lot of hard work into it up until today and continuing to work pretty yeah. hard and um, all good things. So awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. No, that's impressive. Um, so one thing that stuck out is going back to the very beginning with PR and you have to pay, take unpaid internships. Yeah. So there's obviously something that drives you even at that stage to take unpaid internships to, to move forward in this career path. So what is, what is that? Where does it all start? Man, that's a deep question <laughs> because it goes pretty far back. I mean, I'd like to think that a lot of the young professionals that I surround myself with, um, actually I know that a lot of them have also had to work really hard to get to where they are. Um, some are more fortunate than others and more, and better connected or, you know, just have, you know, opportunities that might come their way a little bit faster um, or what have you. And so, I don't know, ever going back to when I was in school, I've always 
worked really hard and it never really came easy to me to get good grades, but always went the extra mile and put in the hours and whatever. Um, and I kind of, you know, I feel that same way about this career path that I chose. Um, it comes with some challenges financially in the yeah. beginning, yeah. but was willing to put in that, those hours, not only that, but the experience, um, and being able to learn and, and take all of that. And ultimately that's where it's led me to where I am today. And so I have no regrets about taking those unpaid internships or putting in the late nights or whatever, because... Well, it's kind of what we have to do, you know. Totally. Especially coming out of college, we don't have any experience either or credibility. Exactly. So nobody's going to hire you either way. And it's not even... in And beyond that, it's like nobody's going to hire you in the field that you're... Sorry, this yeah. is like very depressing. You know, yeah. But it, it's going to feel like nobody's willing to hire you in the field that you just spent four years working yeah. for this degree for. And beyond that, the cannabis industry, which is this brand new industry, it's like fresh off and... Um, how do you work your way in? At the same time, yes, there's a lot of room for entry because it's so new, mm -hmm. but how many people do you know that are working in the cannabis industry? Right. Yeah. Not that many probably right away. Well. So. Especially as it's still new, people don't realize they need a service like this because they don't recognize it as a legit industry yet. And sure. realize that you still need all the pieces and parts of some regular industry such as PR and marketing to succeed. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, despite the fact that the majority of the U.S. states have legalized marijuana in, in some way or decriminalized. Um, uh, there's many ways in which marijuana companies are still really restricted in the ways that they can market and advertise. And this is just an, an, another part of being treated like any other business in any other industry, right? Mm -hmm. um, so there's definitely a unique set of challenges there for cannabis businesses, right. yeah. So why don't you explain to everybody kind of what PR is and like what that would look like for a cannabis company, why they would okay. need to hire a PR sure. firm. So I think one of the um, most important distinctions to make is the difference between earned media, which is public relations, um, and paid media, which is advertising, right? Um, so it sounds pretty obvious, like, you know, Advertising is a paid placement. You're putting out your bills for that. Um, and that said, th there's a lot of restrictions on how and where you can advertise right. in cannabis. So keep that in mind. Um, but the earned media, um, what that speaks to is hiring a publicist like myself or a PR firm who is working with um, a network of journalists and professionals that they know in the media. Um, and working to tell that brand's story, um, crafting pitches, um, putting together press releases, and um, you know, writing a compelling story and hooking those journalists as, and, and getting their attention and making it clear to them as to why they need to report on this. So it's kind of the reverse way, instead of a reporter coming to a company and be like, oh, I heard about this new release or something. It's the company and you working that's together good. Yeah, 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 to yeah. submit it to... So that's a good question. Um, that's part of it. So we do do um, you know, active outreach to the media based on um, press releases. Maybe it's a new product that's coming out. Maybe the client is speaking at the next MJ Biz conference. Um, or a reporter might be working on a story and reach out to us and say, hey, do you have someone who can comment on this recent 
development out of the White House and Trump's opinion on states' rights or or his, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So right. um, it so works both ways. ways. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. And so I think um, PR is a really valuable tool for any business, but especially for a cannabis business where you are limited and, and where you can spend your advertising dollars. Um, and in an industry where everyone is competing to differentiate themselves from their, you know, competitors. And... Um, and really, because this is like the birth of a new industry, and we need leaders, and, and we, we need thought leaders. Um, and that is uh, another key uh, part of what we do in public relations is really raising uh, the profiles for these CEOs, um, business owners, um, and making them thought leaders, whether that's um, you know, having them draft bylines and get those placed in mainstream outlets, whether it's um, Politico or, you know, um, Bloomberg or what have you. Um, but beyond that, we also work to make sure that they're speaking at uh, the industry events, the top industry events like MJ BizCon or NCIA, um, as well as mainstream events um, that are relative to their to their industries. Um, for example, one of our clients, Warner Brands, um, of course, we want to make sure that uh, owner Nancy Whiteman speaking at all the, the best marijuana events, but we also want to make sure that she's speaking at leading culinary events, too, because mm-hmm. she's leading the space here um, in edibles, yeah. not just in Colorado, <laughs> um, but like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, so yeah, that's a big part of it too, is making sure that they have um, a presence at those key events. Cool. Yeah. So, are are there are these bigger clients, smaller clients, all across the board? What are you generally working yeah. with? Man, um, I think it spans definitely. You know, someone like Juana, mm-hmm. people know that name, mm-hmm. they know the brand, um, and so that's probably one of the bigger clients. Yeah, um, and then. Definitely works all the way down. Like, do like individuals get represented by you guys, or is it more like like dispensaries and like stuff like that, or yeah, and like anybody really? Like- sure, sure, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, anybody who's in need of, of our services, whether it's um, blog content or PR or events or whatever. So it could be a dispensary looking to throw an event, yeah. um, or um, a CEO of a company who wants to make sure that he has regular placements in mainstream media um and so yeah we work with um large companies individuals organizations um have you guys heard of resource innovation institute check them out um that they're a really cool organization who's working on some sustainability um, measures industry-wide so cool yeah all kinds of folks and the best part is that um i learned so much not just about cannabis but like what each one of these businesses is doing how they're doing it what's important right um to them yeah you're getting a lot of different perspectives oh and you for have to sure learn fully about their companies so you're getting yeah all information well, um one of the most complex um and really intriguing ones to me right now is ebu do you guys know ebu yeah you mentioned ebu on the last yeah, podcast crazy. um they're just doing phenomenal <laughs> mind-blowing yeah. work um, in science and stuff. Totally. I didn't even know, I mean, in some capacity, I knew that separating cannabinoids and making formulations was a thing, but until I really experienced what they were doing, I did not realize yeah. 
how complex it is. It and is next level. For sure. I mean, it's stuff that's being done in like large labs all over the place, and research labs and everything else at universities. And oh yeah, it's crazy what they're doing is exactly what I did in college. I'm thinking here's this like private lab that sells products that is doing the same stuff that I was doing in college. Like they is literally next level stuff. For sure. And what did you do in college? Um, I studied neuroscience and psychology, and at the very end we were doing electrophysiology of individual brain cells. And so we had a culture of brain cells. We had to like mix up the solutions that mimicked like spinal fluid, put the cells in the spinal fluid, and then we take electrodes, put them on the brain cell, and then put different like drugs, I guess you would to say. To test them in, or in, see their reactions yeah, so or whatever? Yeah, you put like CBD in the water. And sure. so CBD would be in the brain cell. You'd put the electricity through the brain cell to measure like how it, how it went through the brain cell. By judging or like recording how the voltage crossed it, you could tell which receptor channels were open, and then that's how you know like which receptors it acts on. Wow. So we studied CBD and THC on different brain cells. And very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And that's, so, I mean, that's a lot of, it sounds very similar, not the same to what they're doing at Ebu, but they are testing cannabinoids on human receptors mm-hmm. and, you know, being able to track those reactions, and it's just... That's what I'm saying, literally the next level, because they're studying different combinations of some of these cannabinoids yep. and like taking it a step further from what we even did in, in the university. So, yeah. I mean, it's very impressive stuff. I have to agree. <laughs> totally have to agree. Mind blown. Mind blown. I love it. We're I love out. Yeah. yeah, me too. Um, that was our lu- lucid portion of this. Yeah, lucid. Yeah, <laughs> Shit. It's got to yeah. get in there. Get back that was to good. <laughs> We're back, you guys. <laughs> I <laughs> so back on Chloe here. <laughs> back um, to Chloe. So yeah, tell us what motivates you now. Like what yeah. the cannabis portion, like what sure. yeah, like why cannabis, cannabis makes you want to do this. Yeah. I mean, why not? Why guys? <laughs> no. Um, well, I guess I'd have to say in my personal life, um, and like social life, I've always leaned toward cannabis. Um, over alcohol. Yeah. Nothing against my like, you know alcohol people out there. I mean, I enjoy like, you know, a beer or wine or cocktail or whatever once in a while. Um, But I lean toward cannabis and um, beyond social, I mean, spiritual and like, let's talk like mental health. Um, I don't know. It's just a part of my, my wellness routine. Mm -hmm. It it keeps me balanced. Um, And you know, some people like a glass of wine at the end of the night to wind down or whatever. I prefer a joint or a long hit, and that's what does it for me. Um, And so I think um, when I think about how I uh, consume cannabis and my lifestyle and being able to be part of the working world and um, all these things at the same time, another reason why being in PR and doing cannabis PR is important to me is because um, I want to help spread the good word and I want to educate my, not only my peers, but I don't know, like my grandparents and my mother. And I want them to know about the options that they have, um, and how they can incorporate cannabis into their wellness, uh, routine and how it might enhance their lifestyle and what health benefits it has. Um, because for a very long time, we've been stuck in this like reefer madness mentality and you know stoner jokes and uh cheech and chong and whatever but the truth is that that's not what today's average cannabis consumer looks like 
uh, whether you like it or not, it looks like my grandmother or my aunt or I don't know, an athlete that's wrapping up a workout. And so um, it's really important to me to be able to bring these messages to mainstream um, and to help educate others so that we can normalize this and make it a part of mainstream culture. Definitely. Yeah. Do you feel like it's getting easier? Is spreading the message getting any easier? I think so. Uh, so this, <laughs> I mean, I see headlines every day that shock me or <laughs> will make me smile. But I was traveling last weekend to Miami. And when I landed in Miami, I stopped and grabbed uh, a coffee at the Starbucks in the airport. And I walked up and there was a USA Today cover. And it was like, the new, it said, the new face of medical marijuana. And this was not a story I placed. So I <laughs> but I was really excited when I saw it. It said, the new face of medical marijuana or something along those lines. And it was like an elderly person with the doctor with their hand on their shoulder. And I was like, yes. Yes, <laughs> yes it is. This is what it's about. Um, and so I do think it's becoming largely more accepted. We still have a lot of work to do. But I think a lot of progress has been made um, over a very short period of time. Um, so we're getting there. We're getting there. And now we just need to get to a point where um, we can tell our messages like just like everybody else, really, yeah. right? And yeah. so um, maybe we should talk a little yeah, bit let's about... let's talk about like what kind of restrictions. Those challenges, yeah. right? Um, so I think the most obvious one um, would be social media. Um, that is one of the most wildly used platforms today. Let's be real. That's where people go for their content. Um, and unlike other industries, uh, businesses in the cannabis industry are, pose a very real threat to themselves and their operations, um, by exposing what they do on social media, places like Facebook, um, where, you know, this is still federally illegal. Um, and so content might not be tolerated pages might get shut down or like who knows could be worse um and so um that's definitely a challenge we can't post facebook ads or boost posts or sponsor instagram um and so that's where we have to get creative and of course with any industry right now influencer engagement is so important everybody knows this but even more so with cannabis um and especially because the community is just blowing up yep. on social. Um, and so I think engaging with influencers is one tool that's really uh, valuable. I'm sure, Lucy, you could um, speak to that a little bit as well. Sure. Um, and um, so that's it's been great to get to know the community through that route as well. Cool. Yeah. Well, it's a really grassroots way to get your message out. Sure. Like that's what we do in our yoga classes. We have little sponsors come out and they make connections with all of these people because they can't directly reach them. Or yeah. you have companies, you know, like Vera Wellness where they have such a unique product and it's such a niche that you're not likely to go to the dispensary and purchase that product. Like you're not going to even know that you want that. Right. But, but if it's sitting in find, Whole Foods... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? right yeah right but like obviously we're not there yet no, we're right. not there yet or if you're advertising on i don't know mind body green or one right but mm -hmm. no we can't do those things exactly and so it's hard to reach those people so really the only way is to you know get to face to face with get them. in front of them yep. yeah and i think another really important avenue is event and um 
marketing that way, mm-hmm. right? So Sensi Night. I see you guys there. I see you guys there. We're all there. Everyone is there because it's one of these like few right now, fewer opportunities where the whole community and industry here in Colorado or wherever they're throwing their events because Mm -hmm. shout out Sensi. Yeah. They are killing it. Killing it right now. I saw they just launched in Boston, like East Coast. Let's go. I want to see Philly up. Um, But yeah, so. Things like that, where the whole community is invited to come out. Um, yep. Those those events yeah. are really important. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like we rep Sensi every episode because <laughs> they're so great. Every, I mean, how could we not? Everything they do is wonderful. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Awesome. We need more Sensi, more Sensi like. I mean, I love you guys, Sensi. You roll, but I mean, we have Women's Health, we have Shape, we have like you know all these mm-hmm. within the vertical. Let's get. Some other big names, yeah. mainstreaming, and there needs to be a national Cincy party. Hell yeah, yeah. we were talking about that last Starting night. Starting the advocation now, <laughs> national Cincy party. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Liana, you heard it from Jared first. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> so funny. Well, what else, you guys? Yeah. I feel like I've done a lot of talking. You did great, though. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think what else I could share with the audience. Share some like tips and pointers. Mm. So I think that themselves like what what are some challenges you have went through? Career path wise, or are we talking like industry wise? Everything. Maybe even career path. I mean like to get them to where so I'm just thinking like if somebody's on the fence, maybe somebody's yeah. maybe still in college and like maybe I want to do PR on cannabis, but I don't know if that's an actual career path. What sure. To tell them to like Okay. Yeah, like here's what I would say to anybody who's listening out there that wants to pursue a career in cannabis, but is hesitant because A, they don't know where to start, or B, they're not sure if they're dreaming too big. Um, Work hard and dream big and build a network early on. And you can make it happen. Um, There's a lot of opportunity. Uh, We're on the ground floor. I mean, there's a lot of people at the forefront here that I can't, you know, forget to mention they led and brought this industry to where we are today, but there's a lot of room here for entry. Um, and we need thoughtful, skilled, um, people to pursue careers here. And I mean, like I said before, most of the people that I've met thus far are all, you know, are all those people and a lot of them coming from outside most of them coming from outside of cannabis and having really have developed um their skills and experiences in other places and are just applying them so whether you're studying something in science like you you were doing in the lab we need people we need people in labs so let's get them out here um or you are doing marketing or sales even like how many of these so brands sales. need sales yeah. people? Um, Accountants. And if you're, like, hell, if you're a bartender. Every, literally every, every job is every relevant job. Yes, to exactly. the Exactly, exactly. And like HR is huge. Yeah, HR. So sure. HR people. Yeah, like employee benefits. I think that's the main thing. Well, yeah, because I think it's going to be a headache to jump over and all the restrictions and stuff, just nature alone. It's crazy. But every position, just make a jump. Just do it. Exactly. I don't think I've seen a per, like a single person yet tell me they regretted making this change. 
I mean, at first it was like maybe no. a little <laughs> <laughs> And like the whole industry is rocky, but give everybody like a year and no matter what, they will have pulled something from this whole experience. I mean, it definitely has its ups and downs every day. It's like you never know what's going to happen. Like No. Every day is a new day. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's one, I mean, that's the way it is in PR no matter what industry you're working in. Um, but it's even more so with cannabis. Oh, my gosh. It keeps me on my toes. Um, and like I said, just constantly growing and learning more and becoming more knowledgeable, um, which helps me be a better advocate and and better, you know, spreading this message. Yeah, it was a huge message with it. And I think that's what people have to see. I like that you pointed out earlier that, like, the people that people think that are stoners are not actual stoners. There is those people, but, like, the broader group is much different. I think sure. you were, like, pulling out stats this morning and looking and seeing the average age of a consumer nowadays is 40 years old. Yeah. How crazy is that? That's pretty that's surprising crazy. to me. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going up every day almost. As older generations start to use cannabis and realize that they could put down the pills and have a healthy alternative. And right. Absolutely. At some point, we're going to make the jump. You know yeah. what I mean? We're getting, we're I mean, the we're getting there. And in the places where we do have, like, legalized, regulated industry, we are advancing in light years with product development. And whether it's infused low-dose teas or topicals or, you know, nasal, nasal sprays. Yeah. Nasal mists. Nasal I gotta mists, get it right. Me, yeah. um, uh, these options are are available, um, and once we get to that point, I think that'll be you know. Yep. Once we get to that tipping point, we'll ha- already have had all those developments and options. Right. That's people. what I've been telling like those companies. Like you're just so new age. You got to ride it out for a couple of years because in like three five years, this is going to be new like the norm. Totally. Yeah. You know. And I like that you brought up about alcohol too, because 100% the same way. I mean, I'll go out in social events, and I find it so ironic that half the cannabis events only have alcohol. I know. I'm like, here we are I mean, celebrating yeah. cannabis and well, alcohol drinks, so I understand. But at the same time, we know how hard it is to get a license at a party or in a public space where you want to be able to consume, (laughs) right? Right. And so, like, maybe that's why we're pigeonholed into alcoholic cannabis events. However, um, it's always great when there's a a consuming option, right? Right. You know, whether it's a private party or a bus or... People find ways, and I I think that'll change. I just think it's still so new. Even I, like, there's... It's just so strange. Like when you go to Las Vegas for the first time, you walk on the street with a beer, and you're like, "All right, this is normal. I guess I can do this." I've never been to Vegas before. <laughs> well, you should go. And just you should go and do that. It feels so wrong, but then you realize everybody's doing it. All it does right, feel really. That's yeah. kind of how I feel like the transition is with cannabis in legal states. It's like this feels like it's I'm still doing something illegal, but it's totally legal, and it's just gonna take a few years until it's like, yeah, okay. Sure. Yeah. Probably gonna be a while until we can walk down the street legally with joints in our hands. Absolutely. First, they need to give us a place to smoke. Let's start there, yes. <laughs> um, but I saw that they passed that like 58 to 6 today. T- so today. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the first step. They passed tasting rooms, which yeah, I think is the first rooms. step. Because they're just like slowly controlling it, which I feel like is good for public opinion. Right. More than anything. Right. And I think it's gonna Baby steps. Baby steps. There's other, I mean, there are other states and markets that are rolling out, you know, um, and maybe doing it a little bit better than Colorado, but we'll get there. We'll get there. It takes time. Nobody's perfect. No. 
That's why we continue what we're doing. The good yeah. fighting the, fighting good, the fight. good fight every day. Yes. It really is. No, there's a fight on so many fronts now. I mean, I'm involved or I'm hotly watching, I guess, like the tax fight right now. Because the tax fight is the biggest thing that affects plant touching businesses, which is mm-hmm. crazy. The businesses that drive the actual entire industry are the ones struggling the most. So it makes no sense. Love my pot grows out there, um, but yeah, no, I mean it's serious, serious stuff. Um, and tracking all of the bills and you know what's happening in legislature and making sure that those uh, changes are either gonna swing in your direction or not. And if not, you gotta fight, fight for them to do so, right? Mm-hmm. So I hear that. No, I think that's why PR is good in the long run. Because you can start getting the message out to more people at the same time. And then it's like a... That's the goal. A group battle. Yeah. I mean, it's not just about... It's not just about, um, you know, uh, engaging audiences that might want to buy your product or service. Or not just about um, making sure this becomes a part of mainstream culture. It's also about educating policymakers and legislators. And so that businesses like yours... Um, you know, when it comes to these these things that they are respected and treated mm-hmm. fairly, like any mm-hmm. other business. We are right. still treated like a criminal organization. I know. Right. It's crazy. I know. And we're honest businessmen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so hey, that will come to us. With time. It's, it's getting better. It'll With time. Like everything. <laughs> Just like summer came in time. Yeah. Thank God. I heard it's going to be 87 yeah. degrees. We might break a record here in Denver tomorrow. It's gorgeous right now. I know. We Love need to it. get outside before the sun goes down. All right, you guys. Well, Chloe, thank you so much for being on our show. We appreciate it greatly. Yeah. Thank thanks for having me and um, thanks for listening. And anybody out there who is, you know, dreaming about a career in PR or in cannabis, uh, feel free to reach out to me. Um, hit me up on Instagram at Chloe Stearman or um, shoot me an email Chloe at mygrasslands.com hashtag hashtag grasslands is fuck holler yeah, that's what's up alright <laughs> I'm lit I'm lucid and this is uh, the end of the show <laughs> check y'all later